On this episode of The Pursuit of Love, we start out by talking absolute nonsense, as we usually do, but we quickly follow it up with discussions about mental health, the Gen Z population. Uh, We answer some interesting questions from the crowd, and overall, we just have some very deep philosophical discussions about what's important to us in life and on this business journey. Enjoy this episode brought to you by The Sales Game. Please start the episode from there, please. And we are back. We are back. We are back in to the pursuit of love. I tell you what, I was sitting on a plane yesterday, not yesterday, last week, (laughs) when when Mr. Dewan Brown's episode popped out. And I'll tell you what, I had some serious, serious FOMO. Tell me more. That was a crack. That was a great episode. There was just so many times I was like, oh, I want to jump in and have a conversation about uh, that. Oh, yeah. Did you, I want did to you ask some questions about that. To retort uh, to now? I think I've got a couple of ideas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to come out, but uh, how are was we, there boys? One, was there, oh, well, was there one particular, was there one particular thing where you're like, man, I wish I was there for that? Like one, one little line you would have slotted in or question you would have asked? Um, the one bit that I really enjoyed was the feeling or I wanted to go deeper on the emotions around the thrill of startup and mm. how that can be just as attractive as actually building the thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, I've never really done a lot of deep thinking about that. But I think because I have an addictive personality, I kind of like the thrill of things. Um, don't you think, and so, don't you think that's always the best? Like when you look back when you first started, you was on, perhaps not for you, Steve, it was, an, it was a unique one for you because you had just become a new father and just become a new business owner and all of that was happening. So to isolate just the business growth as its own journey might be a bit more difficult. But I think that mm. that time where you just start a business and everything's growing and everything's new and everything's a possibility and you know, you got, you got so many options, but you don't even know which one you necessarily want to go with or pick or which one's going to work. But then something comes off and works. It's an incredible feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for We're sure. We're getting that right now with the sales game, for sure. Yeah, totally. And just hearing about like, you know, Dewan's in a business where, I don't know, did we ask if they got funding? I presume they did. Who would know? Or if it's a bootstrapping thing. But they look like they're doing pretty well. Yeah. But got like, like you know, 12 employees or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's cool. But I just, yeah. I just hadn't considered. I'd love considered to have him at the helm of any company I run. Yeah, for sure. I just hadn't considered the um, the emotional thrill of things, you know, because it seemed like he was quite attracted to it because it was so diverse, and you do you do have to become full stack and kind of know a little bit about everything, and you know, a lot of it's just workshopping and it, the the ma- analogy I have, it's almost like a you, you're building a project car in the backyard, you know. And you got duct tape, and you got a bit of this and a bit of that, and you're strapping <laughs> things together, and yeah, it's a, it's an adventure. I really wanted to go deep on that. Nice, I like that conversation. Shall we fill in the audience? Which, by the way, my partner asked me last night. She's like, "Das, do you have any listeners?" She actually, this is uh, this is after she told me that she listened <laughs> to the podcast and hated mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> and hated it. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, she just hated it. <laughs> she, yeah. Which one? She goes, do you know what she said? She goes, um, oh, just all of it. Just, I think it was an episode <laughs> where it was just us three talking, like an episode like this. Oh, okay. And, uh, These, and to be fair, 
these are our least listened to episodes. Whenever we don't, yeah. Oh, well, oh, you don't, don't, don't tell the audience that out loud, though. That, you know, I think that well, I find them to be the, the the more fun ones. We have a we have yeah. a bit more, uh, a bit more. It's less going serious. On. We have a bit more jest. Yeah, you can, the... you can probably open up a bit more, Matt. You're the type to be able to open up more around people that you know a bit better rather than a new guest. I think, guest I think so. I've been thinking it, about yeah. my place in the podcast, and it's like it's tricky to have a really deep conversation with someone you well, met look, ten minutes it's, it's ago. Good, <laughs> it's yeah. as good of a question as where's your place in the world, really. I mean, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these questions matter. Yep. Uh, anyway, I was talking to her and she's just like, yeah, I had to listen to your podcast the other day, Das. I'm like, oh, yeah, which one? She's like, oh, I was like, because I hope she listened to the Jack Wilson episode because I thought that was a great episode. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, just one where it was just you, Steve and Matt. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. She goes, yeah, not for me, hey, just not for me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> cheers for that. She's like, yeah, just didn't yeah. like it. Just was bored by it. I'm like, righto, thank you. That's the end of that. And then I told her that we were recording this one in the morning and she's just like, nah, ah, won't be listening to that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thankful to, thank you to the faithful for you. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But this is the thing and we've been talking about this is we have more followers and listeners than we're aware of that just come out of the woodwork from time to time. Like mm. people talk to me about episodes that they've listened to that number one, I can't even really remember part of the conversation just because you're mm-hmm. sort of in the moment of it all. Um, but yeah, just like people saying, oh yeah, I've, I've heard you on the podcast with Steve and, you know, listen to it every week and can't wait for the next episode to come out. It's like, man, I didn't know these people existed. Mm. And, and to, there, truth there be told, a, uh, like, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we do, we do have a small like loyal following. Yeah. Shout people. out to the loyals. Yeah. Um, but truth be told, like I, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a, an elitist when it comes to content. Like I love watching the best, and rarely watch anything but. Like yep. I, I love listening to like people who are the best in their field or the top rated things and all of that. Like I do listen to some mid range stuff here and there, but overall I'm listening to the well produced stuff, the ESPN podcasts, the you know the top NBA podcasts, all of this. Um. And so, if I came across our podcast, I don't know that I would personally, uh, if I listened to it once or twice, I'd be like, fuck yeah, these conversations are cool, obviously, because I'm here having them. Yeah. But if I came across the podcast in the list, I don't know that I'd necessarily click on it. I'm just got it in the, in the interest of transparency. That's just my, that's just where I'm at with <laughs> podcasts, guys. Yeah. And I just feel like I needed to put that out but there. That is such a pe- that's just a such a personal preference question. You can, oh, no totally. One can have, totally. No one can have any discussion about that. It's kind of no. like I kind of walked past a clothes store and I wouldn't be sure if I'd buy that shirt. Well, like of course, there's a billion people out there. Like every single person listening to this listens to stuff that other people don't listen to. <laughs> Moving on. We'll move on. <laughs> um, and you go through little <laughs> you go through little phases anyway, like. This podcast or any <laughs> podcast, like, right you know, you, you'll go through a phase where for like for four weeks, you'll listen to every Joe Rogan and then for two months, you just will ignore them all. Yeah. 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 See, yeah, Joe Rogan's not doing it for me that much anymore. I got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? In six weeks, he will be. It's just yeah, that's really true. Jeez, that's well said. I've only, I've only <laughs> just started listening to music again. So often. <laughs> Say again. I've only just started listening to music again. Like oh, I went off gone? music for like two months. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, like good sometimes music. you just do exclusive podcasts or yeah. you do exclusive music. That's all I was doing is exclusive like podcast audiobooks or content, yeah. lectures, masterclasses. And I was just like, oh, I haven't listened to music for like 
three months. You know, how, like how good like is a proper it? listen? It is good, although what are you listening to? Oh, I'm listening to a bit of everything. I worked out this this button on my car, yeah, which is like a it's just like a like a wheel, like you scroll it up and down, yeah, because like it's actually not very intuitive. BMW, get you get you. It doesn't have a shuffle button on there. Get your stuff organized. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it, like you gotta actually use your phone to control the mm, Bluetooth audio. That ain't you know, good. nah. So what would happen is the A Team by Ed Sheeran would play every single time I started the car because A is a. the top of the alphabetical order of uh, the songs yes. downloaded on my phone. Yeah. So I've heard, you know, what's the first lyric? White lips. Yeah, it's it's funnily it's also exactly the times. same when my phone connects to your car. Yeah, so we never know who's <laughs> <laughs> we never know whose phone's actually connected. Anyway, I worked out a wheel mat on the right hand steering wheel. If you just like scroll it down, yeah, it goes through your whole list of songs on your phone. Oh, I knew that already. Oh well, thanks for, thanks for telling me. That's great. And so what I do is a fun game because I keep my eyes on the road. Safety first, people. And then you just scroll like I don't know, fifteen seconds, just yeah. like hammer this wheel. And then you randomly hit the enter button. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes like it's good. I think it was the invention of the shuffle button. You know, that's what happened before someone said, maybe if we just hit one button, you don't have to do that scrolling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some of it's been really ordinary and uh, some of it's a winner. So to There's turn this podcast video. into an episode that Darcy's partner might listen to. No. Um, nah, did you want nah. me to pull up one of the questions? We, oh, are, yeah. we are not. We are not. We are not catering to any one individual person. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll scratch the ash train, but let's uh, let's <laughs> yeah, jump yeah. on the question train. I don't mind Take about that. that ash, even though you're not going to listen. Yeah, well, that's the thing. She doesn't listen, so we can say whatever we like. Yeah, Isn't we that, could just, that we just for the next 10 episodes, just slag her off. <laughs> <laughs> and if she looks really off at us next time, you're like, yeah. you listened, you didn't you? Listen you listened, yeah. didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Which you one was it, episode out. 74 or 73? Just mm. tell me. Just tell me. Just get it over and done with. <laughs> oh, yeah. We went We went hard on that one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The episode where we talked about your hair and your facial features. No, that wasn't good. <laughs> oh, come on. All right, man. Let's get this thing steered in a somewhat uh, valuable direction. I mean, I only have... <laughs> <laughs> I only have one, really. There's three the questions that I have. Uh, they're all from Scott Nash, so shout out to him. Scotty. Yay. Uh, Scott. And I've got two taboo topics I want to talk about. Okay. Great. So this is what he says. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, 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 first of all, before we answer the questions, because Scott will be listening to this, let's judge the quality of question three, two, one in order and then answer the top one. Go ahead. Okay, as in like we say what the top question is, or we yeah, we'll be like, well, yeah, we'll like diet, we'll like assess the quality of question, and we'll judge them accordingly. Okay, so, so you need to you need to read out question that. one, question two, question three, and then okay, we'll well, judge one of them is like a, a a genuine topic, and the other two are just entertainment questions. Fantastic. Mm. All right, go for it. So you want me to read out all three? Yeah. Yes, question one. Question. Okay, so I'll read this out word for word as well. Does Darcy's Parentheses or the new Ricky Gervais of LinkedIn smiley face <laughs> theory about uh, theory <laughs> around debating on content aligned with Steve's opposite effect theory. Uh. How good is how good is this whole um, this whole content discussion we had? That has sparked a yeah. lot. That's great. Nice. Okay, question, second question. I like that. Has Steve watched the TV show Succession? Okay. Next question. Matt's top three movies of 2019. 
Hey, okay, I want to answer all three because they're all okay, pretty yeah, great questions. Yeah. But I think the first question was the best question because we will yeah, yeah, yeah. steer it. I, think we all I knew that. that was going to be the case anyway. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, a really, then, can you read the question I, look, again? I can, I can rate them all. <laughs> yeah, okay, go ahead. Let's I'll tell you what, Matt. Uh, first of all, Steve, have you seen Succession? Yes or no? Uh, no. Yeah, that's the worst one because it, the answer is just no. And that's yeah, the, I've never ever even heard of it. I don't okay. even know what it is. Second question, Matt. I guess you'll have to look it up. Yep. Go ahead. Top three movies of 2019. Top three and movies. To make it entertaining, you have nine seconds. Betcha one's Parasite. Betcha it's Parasite. Okay. Go ahead. I prepared this list earlier. Uh, it's, I got more than three. There are five movies last year that I gave nine out of ten ratings to, so I'm going to rattle some names off really quickly. The Lighthouse, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Midsummer, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Whoa. Those are all number three. No Parasite. Wow. No, 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 no. The second best movie of... there were. Number two oh, and number one. Yeah, Those were movies I gave nine out of ten to. There were two movies I gave perfect ten out of ten score to last year. Number two was Uncut Gems and number one was Parasite. Yes, Uncut Gems Uncut is Gems. a phenomenal you film. You watched it? That's Adam Sandler, Adam isn't it? Adam Sandler. Yeah. It is I a, thought Adam Sandler would it, ever it do anything movie. good with his life Dude, after it, those first four or five movies he ever did. It, no, when he's got good material, he's great. He's brilliant. Yeah. You watch um, yeah. Punch Drunk Love. That's another movie no, where he actually acts in. I've never seen that. No, um, it, it's phenomenal, Dallas. You would... Yeah, and it's got uh, Kevin Garnett in it. He plays himself. Oh, great. And it's all Everyone around a KG's Celtics involved. game, isn't it? What's that? It's, he plays Celtics, is it? Uh, no. Yeah, no. Is it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so the, the whole movie revolves around like Adam Sandler placing a bet on a basketball game that he's playing in. And it's oh, like, man. it's a real game that happened in 2012, yeah. I think. Yeah. Wow. It's a sick story. It's, a, yeah, it, oh, it's really good. That. I was talking to Peyton about it. You'll be down, down the like sweating. Shop. He the says whole movie. he it's says it's like it's, it's a perfect film. Like it's a really perfect. Wow. Film. Okay. Keen. Yeah. Very keen. And Definitely. I reckon part of it is that it's you kind of have this contrast of Adam Sandler in your mind, yeah. and then you see Adam Sandler being a boss actor, yeah. and you're like, oh, he's actually really good. <laughs> but you it's know, a great story too. Inter- interestingly, the uh, the Safdie brothers who wrote and directed that. Mm. They wrote the, the screenplay for that about 10 years ago, knowing that they wanted to cast Adam Sandler in the role. Yeah. But they were not on the same level of success. They couldn't attract him. And so they literally made other films and waited 10 years until they became more successful, like successful to the point where they could get him involved. That's brilliant. Nice. That's long Another, another movie that I reckon is just one of my favorites ever mm. is The Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, you've you said got this a couple see times. It. Yeah, you've got to see it. Have another chance. Yeah, you got to see. It. Have you heard about it? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's good. Another one that's on the list, I don't think is as good, is Give Me Liberty. But I think it's another similar movie where it's like it's very human. Okay. Yeah, like you, 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 you know, you feel good at the end about human beings, <laughs> which is good. Yeah. Hey, that's a good list, Matt. I yeah. reckon you I, need I to pre- whack that in the show notes. I, pre- I prepared it earlier. That's and then I, I, do. I don't get to sound like a hipster saying Parasite's the best now because it won Best Picture and everyone knows about it. Yeah, well, you put money on it well before. I did, actually. Yeah. I, I won. <laughs> 20, 25 bucks. Yeah, because... It was what was it, odds, five to right? one? You put five bucks on it? was on? five to one. I put five bucks yeah. on it. <laughs> That's, great. That's great. All right, well, let's uh, start right, with this content question. That, yeah. Do you want me to read one. it again? Yeah, yeah read it again. Thanks, Scotty, by the way. Keep them coming, team. So, does Darcy's theory about... Fucked it up already. <laughs> Does Darcy's theory around debating on content align with Steve's opposite effect theory? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Because everyone else is creating content, therefore you should do something different. Mm-hmm. 
that's exactly how it aligns. Ironically enough, the opposite effect is a book, which is a piece of content. That's the, the whole irony of this conversation is that we can't do it and we can't have it with the audience unless it's a piece of content we're creating. Which what if we... Def- which, what, yeah. Um, well, let's, let's, oh, let's the build word? the foundations here. What I, if we type out this whole podcast on a piece of paper and mail it to everyone? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the piece of content his, we're mailing to everyone. Here's the thing. Well, yeah, the con- no one else content's is not mailing the, Content's not the problem here. Quality content is the problem here. Go on. Just an oversaturation of average. Yeah, well, like... But isn't that the world? Yeah, but that's what makes you switch off. That's the Mm. point. How many books are out there? It's not saying that Mm. books are bad because there's bad books out there. It's just bad that there's bad books out there, Mm. (laughs) you know? And But you kind of have to do that. That's how, like, that's how things happen. It seems like there has to be an overwhelming majority of people that are doing things average for someone to be an outlier and be like, wow, that's exceptional, you know? And for those yeah. average people to work their way to the point where they can be yeah, exceptional. Totally. Yeah, I've written heaps of average books. You know, they're sitting on bookshelves, not doing much at all. But oh yeah, remind me later on. I got a. There's a guy who wants your stuff. Wants my we'll book. talk. We'll talk. Okay, okay cool. We'll talk. Um, so what I want, what I do want to go deep into though, because I think for those that don't know the opposite effect, it's essentially we can we can sum it up in a sentence. Find the direction where attention is heading. Find the direction where humanity is moving and decide to go in the opposite direction and you'll have a pretty good job, pretty good shot at standing out. So we're killing it because we're not on TikTok right now. Well, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> um, but I think the more important part of the question is not so much the opposite effect, but rather the, the debate side of things. How many people have loved Ricky Gervais in the last six months, particularly with his speech, uh, yeah. linking this to the movies, you know, people loved mm. it because you know he's a comedian, comedian, right? But he got close to the bone. Like I think the thing is, because maybe the content world is so heavy with just noise, you get someone that cuts through with real truth. It gets attention pretty quickly because you're like, oh yeah, that's yeah. what we've been dancing around for a while. I'm a bit uh, more s- cynical than that. Sure, but that's the the biggest extent of it. I think it's I, I think it's just planned. I think the Golden Globes intended that to happen because no one would have talked about the awards show otherwise. Which shows that yeah, being, that shows that that shows that being abrasive is a good way of yeah. getting attention and yeah. getting people talking. And, and about they're you. they're happy to take the the blowback for it. I think Donald Trump is another example of this. He's like the funniest man alive. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> but as far as like a political leader and arguably the world's largest political leader. Yeah. Firing out tweets that are comical and uh, abrasive, you know. You've really got to wonder if he just played really safe square and just like complied. Like imagine if his compliance level, what would you rate Donald Trump's compliance level right now out of 10? One. One. <laughs> yeah. So imagine if he was 10 out of 10 compliant. Do you think he Donald Trump would have got... the minimal amount required. Do, <laughs> yeah. So do you think he would have got to the position that he has in now? Hmm. Not only in his businesses, but in his world stage by being compliant no, yeah. that's what i think is the real that's question cool. here because i think mm. a lot of the content that we produce i reckon we've even been massively guilty i know i have with the production of this podcast you know you feel like you have to fit it into a compliance checklist or well, i do rather mm. than just saying the truth or saying what needs to be said now here's the thing though here's one thing i've noticed which is quite interesting sometimes when you do get 
close to the bone, when you do cut close to the bone and you create content that cuts close to the bone, sometimes that content performs the very worst. Hmm. You notice this? It's almost, it's almost like people want it to be a little bit edgy, but still within the safe zone. Hmm. Yes, I would agree. Because I think it's out of fear that we don't disagree. I think it's out of fear that we don't stand up. I think it's out of fear that we don't speak our mind. I think it's out of fear that we don't speak truth. Yes. Um, it's very yeah, it's much a, around... It's a fine line to walk, isn't it? It's very fine line to walk. It needs to sit within a group of people who are happy to agree with it and then once you feel... Possibly. Ha- once you feel happy to like accept that edginess because you're still in the circle of a whole bunch of other people who accept it. You're in a springboard. Yeah, but the edginess I'm talking about here is related to truth, not just being edgy for the sake of being edgy. Yeah. I think that's what the world's missing right now is truth. It's kind of like, man, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I'm just going to go there. Stuff it. This will be fun. Just the joke that Joe Rogan was talking about is essentially how many letters are we going to consistently add to the LGBTIQA plus string like when does it get to the point where was this on a podcast yeah it was on joe rogan's podcast and he was talking to another comedian who was like a political satirist or whatever they call and i was like yeah that's an interesting point like when when does when does tolerance become absurd because we keep we keep cutting the half and a half and the half and the half and the half. The context was the context was essentially that a university sacked one lecturer and and all of the students said, "Yeah, you now have to you now have to employ um, a gay person of color to take their position." And this is a legit story. Like you have to you have to put in a gay person of color to replace the role. And then where do you keep? Then Joe Rogan was like, "Well, where do you keep cutting the line? You know, do you need to be?" a gay person of colour wearing a certain style of clothes in a certain weight range? Or like, wow. where, and then does it, like, where, do you, where does it stop, you know? And that's what I mean by the insanity. Now, I'm sure people listening right now is going to be like, oh, he's going there, or oh, that's dangerous. But that's the truth. Like, well, like, why isn't that being spoken about? Why, where do we draw the line? How do we, how do we put some, how do we put but, some yeah. sense into the, the line? line? Where, the, where do we draw the line is important. What's important as well is to be able to have the other side of the discussion because at the moment, all that's happening, whether no matter where you sit, whatever your opinion is, whatever that is, but it's important that both sides of the discussion are being had because at the moment, it seems like, so that's a very left-leaning uh, ideology. Sure. Yeah. And it seems like that's a hell of a lot louder than anything else coming from the other side at the moment. Yeah. A hell of a lot louder. Both exist but only one majorly, and when I, when I say majorly, I mean vocally and communicatively is being represented yeah. um, in terms of the actual, um, the actual way that we're living, you would probably suggest that the right side is still dominant. Yeah, well, it seems to be, well, even politically right now. Yeah. The majority of the world has seems right, to be right-standing governments. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think the most important thing to talk about, and this goes back to the, the Fab Store episode, is sort of like ensuring that kindness is the core, like the core foundation to any discussion. Mm. Um, I think what we've got wrong is we're not fighting ideas with ideas. We're just fighting people. Mm. And it's, there's a massive lack of kindness to be able yeah. to host the discussion, you know? That's probably, yeah, I, I've been thinking about it a lot. As well, because like the same thing happens in the entertainment industry all the time. Yeah, you'd be there was all the time. Um, 
there was a petition recently. I don't think it got that much traction, but it was to fire Brie Larson as Captain Marvel and replace her with a black woman. Yeah. For no real reason other yeah. than that. And, and it just made me think, like, when did we get to a point where we all feel so entitled that if a piece of entertainment or a piece of art or someone's employment doesn't match our personal preference, mm. it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing, though. I think, I think we've spoken about this before, Matt. We might have before. Is all these things come up, but very, very, very rarely do you actually meet someone in real life mm, where that's yeah. their point of view? Have you noticed that? It's like the media spins this. So we're, maybe we're yeah. led to believe that more people actually think this than But the weird thing is, is it still ha- seems to have a control because yeah, the more upset yeah. people get online is what companies listen to because that's True. the market that yeah. they're reaching. I would hate to be in a marketing PR position right now in the world. Go on. Trying to navigate a company through PR would be an absolute oh, disaster. Mm. You're trying you to keep everyone... You'll offend someone. You can't say that you'll offend someone could be said at the end of nearly every single sentence. Yeah, and, and but here's the next thing because we're in this crazy, crazy world with so much money, particularly in the Western world, um, is like you can't say that because you'll offend someone. If we offend someone, we're going to lose millions of dollars on our bottom line. Mm. Um, which is, which is a crazy conversation. But then we're getting the opposite as well, where people are talking about Star Wars films and they're like, ah, Disney came in. It just felt like it was corporatized and that particular scene was in there for no other reason than to appease this particular segment of society <laughs> and to make sure that they were okay. And if it doesn't fit the plot line or anything. It, it, but, but that's the same, the same argument. It's like, when did... Like, we feel so entitled that because that scene doesn't appeal to my personal beliefs, it's incorrect. No. Because the only, I tell you what, the only agenda that Disney has is to make money. Yeah. That's it. They don't, like, what they choose to put inside the film is not their political agenda. That's their, like, the demographic that they're trying to hit in order to meet their agenda of making money. But I think this is the difference between good leadership. And well, sorry, the difference between great leadership and terrible leadership. Mm. If their if their purpose, if their their highest aim is to make money, they're going to make twisted crap. But they made. The, I think Disney had the most successful year it's ever had last yeah. year because they don't always make crap. No. But I think the aim Well, I, I think last year they made the most crap they've ever made and they made the most money that they've ever made <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. same time. Well, that's probably partly because they created a vertical in their business model that was completely scalable, able to purchase immediately oh, with this reoccurring subscription model. Some weird... Yeah, well, they're just... Like, you put... Me. How many users are on Disney Plus right now and then multiply that by the fees and, of course, they're going to be making the most money that ever. And, that and the, the films that they... They, were, they made screen. seven or eight films that all did over a billion dollars each. Yeah, they, and they were all remakes or just like targeting people's nostalgia for yeah. a certain property. They've had the same um, logic for like quite a while. I have, a, I have it written down. I'll read it out. This was a... The logic of Disney? No, no. This was a quote from... Um, uh, where is it? There's a quote from Michael Eisner, who was the CEO of Disney from 84 until 2005. Hmm. He said, 
the pursuit of making money is the only reason to make movies. We have no obligation to make history. We have no obligation to make art. We have no obligation to make a statement. Our obligation is to make money. And to make money, it may be important to make history. To make money, it may be important to make art or some significant statement. To make money, it may be important to win an Academy Award, for it might mean another $10 million at the box office. Our only objective may be to make money, but in order to make money, we must always make entertaining movies. And if we, take, if we make entertaining movies, at times we may make history, art, a statement, or all three. Wow. wow. Well, I mean, he's a CEO, right? Is that so cited does, from what? That was like a, an, um, like a letter he wrote to the shareholders. Right. Well, it sounds thing. like a shareholder letter, doesn't it? He's yeah. Like, but, you know, like, that's the fair enough, right? Like, so he's a CEO. That's his job is to make money, really. Like, that's what sure. his core aim has to be. But, man, when you hear it put that bluntly. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I think there's an appropriate order thing, and this is something I've been battling with in my own mind a lot recently, is at what, what part of it is, it is at the highest order, right? So do you put make, the making of money as the highest order and then the making of art, the production of movies, the creative of history underneath that? Or do you put that as the highest order goal to aim for and then the money is a byproduct of yeah. that? Well, I think there's actually a distinction between those two. You would, you would put truth first, yeah? Surely someone said to you I, can offer you, I can offer you the truth or I can offer you money. I'm pretty sure I know what you'd take. Yeah, of course. You've got you to gotta, you gotta work out what is the highest order that you're aiming for. What is the highest yeah. purpose that you're aiming for? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think yeah, th- th- this is the thing. I mean, we've spoken about this a number of times, Steve. Like, say, with the sales game, I've said to you before, like, a major aim of mine isn't to dominate the world and become the largest company in the world and make a whole lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. For the money's sake. But if becoming the biggest world, biggest company in the world meant that we were able to uh, run trainings and events that taught people about psychology and the way people think in a way that no other company has been able to do before, then that would excite the hell out of me. That would mm. probably come with a lot of money. So you're right. It does does sort of depend on how you order the value of something. Yeah. I was watching that Messiah series last night and one okay. of the lines he said was, uh, one of the lines he said was, if, if you seek the truth, you may find comfort, but if you seek comfort, you'll never find the truth. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting to find which one contains the other for you. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. It's interesting this like, yeah, the order of things, which I suppose is logic, right? But like the order of things is important. The height and depth of things is important. And that can actually make a dramatic difference to the way people experience life. I How believe. do you mean height and depth of something? So like highest order that you're aiming for. It's kind of like we we're talking about before, you know, like do you put the, the production of art, the creation of art above the byproduct of money or do you aim for the money at the highest order and then have that as second and third and all. Like I actually think if you did a really soul, like a deep soul search and ask yourself, what do you value most in this life? And what do, you, what do you value next? And what do you value next? And what do you value next? Depending on the order of how you answer that, you probably only need to write two or three or four things. Yeah. And you'd have a pretty good read on how you behave, what you do, what action you take, where your thoughts lie, what your de- where your desires sit. And I think the reordering of those things can actually change someone's life 
for the worse or for the better, depending on what they put highest. I think the quickest way to discover that isn't to ask yourself, it's to ask your bank statement. Go check what you've been spending time and money on. That'll yeah. tell you pretty quickly. Yeah, 100%. And the other thing is like search history. Go to your Google search history, go to your yeah. phone, go to your bookmarks, mm. go to your tabs, go to your podcast, go to your apps. Yeah, you get a pretty good idea. read on what you order. So like I was, oh, that's the thing that Dewan's thing that I really loved. He just said it, but it's changed my life. So I've got to say thanks to Dewan. When he was talking about the critical few, and he was talking about if you cannot draw a straight line from whatever it is that you're doing right now to the critical few, it's probably mm -hmm. not that important or it's not worth doing with all that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And so I asked myself, what would be my critical few and in what order? And so that's the thing, you know, I only came up with three and that is the first one that I'd be aiming for as a man with faith is my faith, relationship with God. That should be my highest order. The second is my family. And the third is my community. And so the community is defined of the people that surround me, the people that I'm in community with, uh, the people mm -hmm. that I have conversations with. You guys right now listening, you're a part of my community because we're a part of, this is the podcast community. Does that make sense? Yes, and so right. if I can't draw a straight line to my relationship with God, my family, or my community, and to do those three things well, I've, just, I've literally, since listening to the podcast, I've cut a whole bunch of stuff out that nice. I've just been like, oh, it's not that important anymore. Yeah, um, nice. And I thought that was just an amazing, simple concept to grasp. But can you imagine if I had the community above my family? What might that look? Well, I know what that looks like because I've done this a lot. It's the, I become absent from my family. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, I'm mm -hmm. away from my family a lot because I've ordered my community above my family. Does that mm. make sense? Mm. And see, just that one little shift of order can completely change my life mm. and how I live and how I choose to spend my time and my days and things like that. I thought it was such an important concept that was just like, yeah, it was, a, it was a cool conversation last week. Nice. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about the whole order of things? <laughs> the, whole the critical order few. Of things. The critical few. What are your critical few? I love that question. Like, I just love how vague or like where all the ways that question could have gone. What do you think about the order of things? Yeah. Um, I would go, I, I, if I look at my search history, number one is always education and books. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously books is whatever, but um, I'm always just learning. I'm always just curious. Curiosity um, is what has led me to education and const a constant need for growth mm -hmm. um, and a desire for growth and growth is fun as hell painful as hell but but fun as hell at the same time that's yeah. always always been number one um, health has really taken uh, taken a front seat over the last three years I would say with a grief journey that led me to it um, I, I remember remember in the first year after mum died I was just feeling super tense super anxious and I just stood up and put my runners on and just ran out the front door and just mm. ran, just went for a run. And then I've mm. just been running like every second day since, you know, for three years, you know, like it's just funny how particular moments come through and, and do that. Um, and then I would say, man, I don't know. I don't know what number three is. You know, I spend I'd like, you know, I spend a lot of time with friends and family and, and my partner. And that's, that's always, uh, that's always a priority, but I just, I wouldn't know how to define 
the difference between spending time with friends, with family, with Ash, with you guys, with, you know, so people are in there. Mm. And I like to use that word community. It seems to sum it up well. Yeah. And that's why I separated family from community. Yeah. Because I think those two things are different different to me. Anyway, sometimes Mm -hmm. I need to say no to my community to spend time with my family. Mm. Uh, Because they're the people that are going to stick with me until I die uh, and vice versa. But your community doesn't necessarily stick with you until you die. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that was interesting. What about you, Matt? You ever thought about it? I'd probably need a bit more time to think about it. Yeah, well, it took me a week to kind of mull over. Yeah. I, I like I, I definitely agree with the concept. I feel like I've had a lot better results in my life since like writing a list of goals, I guess, and always asking like, is this activity leading towards that? Mm. No, then it's probably not worth my time. Mm. But um, I like I like what Darcy said about curiosity. I think that it's a key part, man. I um, I spend a lot of time just like scrolling through Wikipedia articles and just like reading stuff that. I have no clue about mm. just to like, I don't know, get inspired or like yeah, nice. learn, learn different stuff. things. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think thoughts, Matt, on curiosity being a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because sometimes you stay on Wikipedia when you should be asleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the curse. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Sometimes you learn about things you don't want to know. Yes. Oh, I would suggest thought. about the world and about yourself. Yeah. If you question things enough, you eventually find something you don't like and you're like, oh, that sucks to know. Yeah, exactly. Were you, were you getting at the curio- the curiosity being blessing and a curse being, the way I interpret that is just the idea that you, for me anyway, really struggle for my mind to turn off. That's, so yeah. Like, yeah, like shit, curiosity shit. is like 100% on all the time. <laughs> yep, that's it. You can't sometimes not be you're just curious. Like, ah, why can't I just sit here? Why, and, yeah, why can't I just drink this coffee? That's all. Yeah. Just drink the coffee. That's all it has to be. Not going to mint slice cup. <laughs> hey, Dars, we were at uh, we were at Paws Fest recently, and we also just did Walker Wayland. So we've been traveling around the countryside. We did Melbourne. We did uh, Hobart. We're off to New Zealand again soon with the Souths game. Um, we haven't really even got Matt up to speed because we've all been so chaotic in our travel. Uh, in fact, Matt's driving me to not. the airport again, straight <laughs> up after this thing. So. Um, what did you learn? Let's start with Paul's first. What were some of the key things that you think would be worthwhile sharing with the audience? And I know we've only got a sort of five minutes left, so let's do a bit of a fireside chat, like a quick, quick yeah. fire sort of. If I could, couple of dot one points. Thing, one thing that, or two things actually that I loved about Paul's first, and this this conversation right here is for anyone that is going to be running a business into the next ten to twenty years. Like this, this this festival mm. was brilliant. It was really well put together. Um, but one, two of the major through lines uh, were the first one. I'll just say is a bit like it's a bit of an entertaining piece, really. But this whole Gen Z thing is a real thing. Um, they mm. are the most populous uh, age group coming through. How's this? I love this fact. One million people per month turn eighteen in India alone. Mm. One million per month. One million mm. per month in yeah. one country. That's yeah. crazy. 12 That's million 18-year-olds getting out there and partying. Yeah. <laughs> Those beer sales are going to go through the roof. Oh, absolutely, man. So 
uh, that's that's important is, you know, like start considering the the Gen Z of your business and realize they're the people you're going to be employing. They're also a lot of the people you're going to be selling to. And that's super important. I think we can get caught up in these bubbles of like, oh, I'm a millennial and everyone will just be a millennial forever, you know, it'd be yeah. right. But you sort of forget that nah, new generations come through. And we're, what are you sensing that, you know, we are millennials and we've sort of been helping businesses navigate the sort of even the change from baby boomers passing the baton to millennials in the takeover of business. You know, and that's been an interesting thing. You know, baby boomers v uh, millennials are very different people in the way that they see the world. Yeah. I, I, I literally think we're the luckiest people ever, though, because we've got the empathy of what was life like before the internet and what was life like after. Yes. Mm. Um, gives you good, uh, good, I suppose, what would you call that? Awareness or understanding of the two sides. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to feel as a millennial, like turning into the big 3-0 this year, um, that Gen Z is even very different to millennials. Very and, different. And I think we have a lot of learning to do, even ourselves, knowing that <laughs> the, yes. next, the next generation coming through see a very different world to what we do. They really do. They value experience over cash, particularly in their jobs. Yep. Flexibility and, and freedom over anything. Yes. And they actually, despite the fact that they are on their phones all day, they would argue that they have the most connected community around them of any generation ever because they can reach anyone at any time. Yeah. They're and more global. They're more global people. Absolutely. They have yeah. friends all around the world and they do a lot of travel. Don't really been an amazing time, man. So yeah, I think that's like an interesting thing. It's worth so you, so you're suggesting it's worthwhile biz, like people listening right now who are in business or just are going to be working for the next decade yeah. should start studying Gen Zs and understand a little bit more of who they are. Totally. I would this would actually so. make a lot of sense with the people that we're finding Darcy like the Dale Dupree's in the world and the Gary Vaynerchuk's in the world and who else has come up with another two examples for me. But essentially the people that really Matt will know people that are really understanding of pop culture yeah like they Um, get it south South park writers south park writers yeah okay like they there seems to be a common through line that people that are like blowing up so to speak yes i'm not suggesting i think gary v is on the downtrain to be honest but you know dale dupree like he's he's gonna be the next like he's gonna blow up like he is blowing up but he hangs out with college kids all day yeah Yep, like he, he gets it. He mentors them for free to like understand what they think and how they're working, you know. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting point. I think, you know, getting yourself immersed in culture is actually going to be more than just being hip and cool. It's actually going to be an education process. Nice. Hmm. The second thing, which I, which I loved, I think that it's so good that it's becoming part of the mainstream discussion, um, particularly having the psychological background that I do and the, the love that I have for the field. Uh, but the through line of mental health and the importance of it for companies moving forward. And every time it was mentioned at Pause Fest, it, it elated the room. People were like, yep. yes, so glad this is being spoken about. And it was genuine. Genuine. And, and I think that companies that will win, again, so that, you know, companies that are offering uh, their, their staff, their Gen Z staff in particular, um, you know, that time and freedom, I think it'll be just as important to offer things that will help their mental health, you know, hmm. meditation courses at, at lunchtimes and yoga sessions and, uh, you know, just giving 
people space to actually be open and talk about those things where previously they would have needed to remain hidden for fear of looking weak. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. And, and I think the, which is I think the new uh, challenge with that then yeah. will be navigating performance and all of the perks. Mm. I think that's going to, whoever can really do that well. I, I kind of feel like the sales game fits in here a little bit now that I think mm. about it. It it, it, it it speaks to humanity. It gives you an understanding of why we behave the way we behave. It gives you a good snapshot on society, but it's also fun as hell. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that's going to be the navigation because I'm sure there's going to be people that still go, yeah, I'm happy for you to do your meditation. I'm happy for you to do your gym break. I'm happy to, for you to play pool. I'm happy for you to play table tennis. I'm happy for you to be flexible. I'm happy for you to work anywhere in the world. But at the end of the day we still have a responsibility to perform mm-hmm. because without that said performance, we can't afford any of it. <laughs> yeah. Well and said. so, so I think that's going to be the big niche, I think moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. The other one is like the Asian, the, the emerging Asian, the emerging mm-hmm. Asian market, like just being such a huge beast, uh, that is forever going to, forever going to grow. Yeah. Um, my prediction from pause fest is that I think in five years time, Normal companies, you could be a construction company or whatever it is, project company, whatever you are, you'll employ a full-time developer in-house to do nothing but create decision support tools, tech, integration, and actually build your own Build your own tech. Yeah. I think that's what's going to be normal in the future. Five years time, I reckon. In the same way you've got marketers or content creators. Going back five years ago, that was not a job role, you know, really. Yeah, yeah. Well full-time said, well content said. creator. I actually think it's going to be the merge of content creation, which is the art, and then the science. And so I think the art piece is going to forever be there. Every business will have their own sort of full-time content creator, marketer, artist. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a scientist and that person's grabbing all of that front end and building the back end and building tech. That's what I think is going to happen. Boom. Sweet, bro. And then Walker Wayland. I know we're going to wrap up, but uh, Walker Wayland was a bunch of fun. Big shout out to those guys. There were a bunch of accountants, oh, accountants, business accountants, owners, directors, partners, employees, played in the sales game. Big bunch of them. We'll release a video on that soon, will we? Yeah. Potentially. Matt's got a a bit of stuff. Hopefully sometime soon, yeah. Uh, But that was brilliant. What, What I learned from that is you get a bunch of people in a room that are all in a similar profession and when you give them an open source game where there's no rules, they will begin to make rules that fit with the way that they see what, see the world. <laughs> so totally. Uh, very interesting. Very obsessed with tax. Very <laughs> obsessed with tax. Brilliant, us. I reckon that's, uh, that's about where we wrap it up, my friend. Shout Thanks, Matt. Scott Nash. Every, everyone, everyone yep. be like Scott. Send through some more questions. Keep yep. them coming. Any questions that make us debate? That was fun. That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. So a question, if you want a bit of a thought starter or a theme, something I reckon we'd love to talk more about. What do you reckon about uh, Gen Z? How do you think it's going to impact your world or the business that you're in? I'd love to, uh, love to know whether that's on your radar and what's, uh, what's on your mind. And the other thing as well I'd love to know is perhaps what, what, what do you predict as some of the, uh, the future job roles that don't currently exist that you can see existing into the future as this world rapidly changes in the next decade? I think that'd be cool to chat about. Oh, yeah. Matt, where do they send the questions? Send the questions through to matt at ybravo.com. Matt at ybravo.com. Matt, matt, matt. at 
WHYBravo.com. WHYBravo.com. It'll be in the description anyway. In the sales game, go to sales.game, www.sales.game, sales.game, sales.game, www.sales.game. It's like we actually work for a radio. Zing! And there we have it. People are going to end that podcast and be like, whoa, I just got sold at real quick.